Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are grateful and thankful for how you keep us in the midst of a storm. <laughs> Glory that we didn't suffer some of the um, problems that some of our other brothers and sisters did. And we lift them up to you, Father, that you are a way maker. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're speaking to us through this time. God, we thank you for the cleansing and the washing and the opening up so that we can walk upright in your presence. Oh, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. We extol thee, O Lord, our King, as we present ourselves before thee through the merits of Jesus Christ who by his cross and precious blood have redeemed us from our sin. We humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to pardon our offenses against thee and thy holy law, to create within us a clean heart and a right spirit to cause the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts to be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We bless thy holy name, our Father, for thy manifold and unceasing goodness unto us. We owe to thee the temporal blessings of our lives and all the opportunities we have for usefulness and happiness. Enable us by thy Holy Spirit that we may enjoy and use these and all thy good gifts in a, in a worthy and acceptable manner. Be compassionate, O God, toward all those suffering, sorrowing, and sinning ones. Be the comforter of the age, the guide of the young, the wisdom of all who teach, the ruler of all who governs, the light of all who are in darkness, and the savior of all mankind. Hasten, O Lord, thy glorious appearing, appearing, and number us among those who shall receive at thy right hand the crown of glory that fadeth not away through Christ Jesus our Lord. And God, continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As the, uh, the Native Americans say, this is a good day, but a good day to live, not to die. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Okay, um, we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 8 through 12, and uh, the title is, We Are Called to Walk in Truth. So I'm going to read the verses first, and, uh, and then we'll go and uh, try to dissect them. And it says, now, you know, last Wednesday we talked about holiness. This is really just an extension because truth uh, and love keeps us in a place of holiness. Amen. So he says, Paul says, here, therefore, that despises, despises not man, but God, who have also given unto us his Holy Spirit, but as touching Brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And that is touching, it means concerning brotherly love. Okay. You need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, <laughs> that you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. Amen? Okay, so we're going to go back and come forth again. Um, we are called to walk in truth. Walk in it and not just speak about it. <laughs> and especially when it concerns other people, then we can really talk about how they need to be walking in truth. 
but we need to understand what it actually means to walk in truth, okay? To know that, is, that it is that we're walking in truth, then we must know God's commandments. In order for you to know that you're walking in truth, you must know his commandments. And I don't mean where you can recite them like a school kid. Because remember when, uh, uh, when God created Eve after Adam and he said that Adam knew Eve? It wasn't like he saw her and now I know you. It meant he had an intimate relationship. He, they had come together and, and became one. And he knew her intimately. And that's how God wants us to know his commandments in an intimate way. Amen? Amen. For if we are conscious of God's commandments and live to follow them, then we are walking in truth. Okay? When we break his commandments, we have sinned against God. Even though we have harmed someone else or lied on them, gossip, or, or, or have spoke corrupt communication to them or against, uh, uh, or against them, we have actually sinned against God. Amen? Um, this is what it means in verse 8 when he says, Hear, hear therefore thy despises, or, or, um, or, or actually... That word means that you have rejected God. That word despises mean that you have rejected God. And so when we reject others, when we do anything evil or wicked towards others, you're doing it to God first. Now, I really hope this gets home because it's going to help us to get free about some things and not take things so lightly. Because when, when it comes to offending or, or doing something against a brother, we take it very lightly. It's not a big deal. Actually, we feel entitled that we should do these things, but we gotta recognize what the Bible is saying is that you have offended God first and foremost. Amen? If we go over to Psalms 119, then I, th I think we can get a better understanding of what I'm talking about. I'm going to just read the first 10, 10 verses. It says, Bless are the undefiled. Mm, that means blameless. That means you haven't done anything that someone can accuse you or blame you for. And I don't know if we get that testimony. <laughs> okay. But blessed are the blameless in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. <laughs> blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statues. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commands. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statues. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thee, thee uh, thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Now, this is really so good that I can't even articulate it. But, okay, he's, Paul says, with my whole heart, and we just read in, in Thessalonians where it's saying how we're to to uh, walk upright with our whole heart. Okay, now, let me go back. Psalms 19, Psalms 119. What we just read is God's truth and his law. Okay, we just read about God's truth. Okay, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm gonna go back and let's kind of, kind of, kind of break this down. 
because it's saying, blessed is the blameless person who walk in the law of the Lord. Well, you're blameless because you're walking in the law of the Lord and not in your flesh. Amen. Okay? And, 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 and then because you keep his testimonies. Well, what we need to understand, there are eight terminologies that is declaring the word of God. Okay, let me go over. One is law. Two is testimonies. Three is precepts, or another word for that is ways. Four is statutes. Five is commandments. Six is judgments. Seven is word. Eight is promise. Now, we know numerically eight means new beginnings. When you follow these laws, you'll walk in truth. Okay, one is law, two is testimonies, three is precepts or ways, four is statutes, five is commandments, six is judgments, seven is word, eight is promises. The total of that is eight, and eight means, biblically, new beginnings. When we walk in these, we're going to be walking in the newness of God's truth that will have us automatically walking in love. Because when we choose God's truth to walk in it, we will be walking in his love. Okay, now let me, let me go back and I'm going to read out of my commentary because it breaks it down so perfectly what each one means. And, and, um, and, and, and you can study, because I had studied this a long time ago, so I already knew what all of this means. Okay, he says, um, who walk in the law of the Lord. The commentary said, law is, is called Torah. Y'all know about the book of Torah, okay? Is the most frequent of the words. It comes from a verb meaning to teach and thus came to be applied to a wide range of revelation from an individual directive to the entire Pentateuch, which is, we're talking about the Bible. It emphasizes that God has taught us in his word what he requires of us. So the law is his word. You have to study that law to understand what God is saying underneath the words because there is revelation in the word. And when you seek to know his law because you desire to be under his law, and to obey him, he then gives you deeper revelation of his law by the word to help you to be able to uphold it. Amen. Okay? Then um, um, testimony. It emphasizes the content of the word as that which God has testified of himself and his will. I think it's in the book of 1 John where it talks about how Jesus and the Holy Ghost testify who God is. They, they bear witness of who they are. They don't need anybody else to bear witness and it couldn't be anyone else to bear witness because they were the beginning before anything else. They are self-created. So they bear witness to who they are uh, but in the word. So when you read the word, there's certain verses that's going to give you the testimony of who they are so you know who you are and who you're serving. Amen. Okay? The word uh, precepts refers to instructions, hallelujah, Jesus, from a superior regarding the duties of those under him, in this case, from God to man. God gives us instructions. Those are precepts which are in the word. When we follow his precepts, you automatically reap the benefits and the promises from it. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Don't think or expect like we were just talking in the office that so many people, and I'm talking mainly of our people, feel so entitled. You're only entitled to follow this word and believe in Jesus Christ. You're not entitled for anything else that you don't work for. Amen. 
And so in order to, make, to receive the benefits of what this word, this is no magic, hocus pocus stuff. In order to reap the benefits that God has in his word, you got to follow his precepts. Amen. Amen. And then the word statues. It's related to a verb meaning to engrave and thus implies permanent and unchangeable regulations. So those statues should be engraved in your heart, burn in your heart. When God says, I'm going to burn something in your heart, he means I'm going to put it there and nothing can remove it. And every time you have a need, it's going to surface automatically. That's what happens when you read the Bible to acquire to know knowledge, not to be able to quote it. See, when you're just reading for the sake that I, I, I need to keep rehearsing this, rehearsing this so I can, I can say it, you're not going to remember it, number one. Number two, it doesn't come alive in you for you to be able to hold on to it. So when you read it and dissect it for the intent, I need to understand what you're speaking to me in your word, Lord. It becomes a precept in your heart. And, and, and when it becomes a precept, you're following it. Now it is statues. <laughs> it's permanent. It's who you have become, not what you do on Sundays or Wednesdays or, in our case, on Saturdays. It's your lifestyle. And it don't make any difference who you're speaking to, whether it's a believer or an unbeliever. If it's a statue, that's who you are 24-7. Your language should not change because you're talking to somebody from the past or you're talking to somebody or something that don't understand the new person you have become. How do you think they're going to recognize who you have become when you revert back to the habits and the language that you used when you were in the world? Thank you, Jesus. We don't live one way with our posses and then be another way with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, uh, the next word is commandments. Commandments is a word assuming the authority of the commander <laughs> and the inherent necessity of obeying the content of the charge. If you were in the service and a, and, and, and a person of authority, a general or the officer of the service made a command, you don't get to challenge that command. All you get to do is follow it and obey it. Amen. Well, we are in the army. We are in the army of God, and we are on the war, on, 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 in, in the warfare, on the, on, the, on, on the, what you call it, the grounds for war. And we have a commander who gives us directions and instructions, and we should be following that, not questioning it, but following it. Because he's already walked the path. He already knows what has gone on. He actually says, I have overcome these things that I'm having you to walk through. You, the reason you got to walk through it is to build up your faith and to build up your continence so that you can know who you are and not be fretting and being anxious and worried over everything that crossed your path as if it's going to destroy you and it's going to be the end of you. It is not the end of you. It gives me the opportunity to show my glory in your life and to let everybody know who I am through you. Hallelujah, Jesus. We got to calculate it, figure it out, plan it. If God said it, do it. It don't matter that it don't make any sense to your flesh. Your flesh is fickle. And it changes like the wind. Your heart is what's supposed to be directing your path. If you've been changed by the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The next word is called judgment or ordinance refers to decisions God has made as a judge in order to make earthly behavior conform to his heavenly standard. He is the high 
is caught in the universe. The commandments is what the country, United States of America, have come up with their governing rules is based on those commandments. God is in charge and over all of that. We, the people, have changed that, altered it, and filtered it. This is why, regardless to what is going on in the government, if it doesn't line up with God's truth, you don't have to follow that. And God is going to protect you. He's going, he's going, how do you think he's going to let heathens know who's in charge? When we, when we, the body of Christ, is hiding up under the bed, hiding in the house, afraid to do anything, afraid to go and follow what God said because the government said something different. How do they get to know who God is? Well, you know, I got to, oh, no! Oh, okay, I felt, oh, glory, Jesus, help us! To rise above to the occasion so your kingdom in heaven will be realized here on earth. We have to do it. He's done all he's going to do. He's waiting for us to do it. And we're sitting around waiting for him to do what he's already done. As Joyce Meyer said, you're sitting in the chair talking about, oh, I wish I could sit down. That's how we Christians operate. Well, if God, when God, word. Word is, I think this must be the Greek, dabar, is an all-embracing term for God's revelation in any form. God's revelation in any form. Okay, hold on now. It might also be translated promise. Though the translation does not distinguish it from the preceding term to whose meaning it relates closely, it comes from the verb to say (laughs) and assumes that the contents of revelation is from the mouth of God. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Okay, word is, as they say in the street, the word is, is, (laughs) you got to speak it. Glory, you got to know it, so you got to speak it. So when I say you got to know it, you got to know what word applies to the situation that you're in. Amen. <laughs> and the only way you know that, because you're in the word. <laughs> Glory. And so, so when you know it, you speak it, and, and, and it's applied. Well, when you speak this word on your situation we know it comes from God but when you speak in any other language that you want to sound spiritual but it's just religious don't tell me about God said because that was the first thing that surfaced up in your mind you don't walk contrary to God's word 99% 99% of the time, and then come up and speak out, talking about, and God said that 1%. Amen. And think you got, think I believe it. Amen. Some of you all, some of you other may buy that stuff. Amen. No, I'll go back to the proving ground and let God tell me. And if he tell me the same thing he told you, and then if he tell somebody else the same thing he told the both of us, Now I may follow this, but see, if you ain't walking according to the course of God, but according to the course of this world, don't talk to me about what God said. (laughs) So you see how when we follow all of his ways of getting us his information, we walk in love. We walk in love because we're walking in his truth. So you don't have to be fumbling around trying to figure out what is God's truth. And know the difference between God's truth and your truth. Or somebody else's truth. I says truth. It never changes. It's always the same. It's from one generation to another. My truth can be different tomorrow. Amen. 
Let's go back over to Psalms 119. All right. And so the word um, promise. Promise would be the same as precept. Promise through the translation does not distinguish it from the preceding term to whose meaning it relates closely. It comes from the verb to say and assumes that the contents of revelation is from the mouth of God. So uh, promise is the same as word. Okay. All right. I'm, but I'm glad you brought that out because other people will be questioning it. So again, it is, it is a definite benefit by following God Amen. and his word. It's definite. Nobody can change it. Nobody can dispute it. Nothing. It will manifest. It will happen the way God said it's going to happen when you follow and obey, even though you can't see the end results, even though you don't have no evidence or proof other than his word, but his word is enough. Amen. Okay? Just hold on. Keep pressing towards the mark. Amen. You'll get there, and you're going to find out what he said is going to manifest. Amen? Okay. So, all right, now we go back to First Thessalonians, and, and we're in verses um, 8 and 9, I believe. So he, therefore, that rejects, rejects not man but God, who has also given unto us his Holy Spirit. So he's saying, no matter what you have done to others that is evil, wicked, or whatever, what you've done, you have rejected God more than that person. Okay, he says, but as, as touching or concerning brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Now, because we were created in the image of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Ghost, we all know that. We, that's who, how we were created, okay, means to be like them. We're, we're, we're supposed to be like our creator, okay? Now, it's interesting because we, we really have a hard time accepting that, but, but you don't have no problems looking like your father and your mother. They didn't create you. They only carried you. Amen? God created the seed and put it in the womb, put it in the bloodline of the man, and then put it in the woman's womb to carry and says, be good stewards. But because we were created in the image of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, we don't get to act like the world and expect God to understand and accept those ways. Amen. You know how you hear people always say, well, you know, God understands. You know, you, what the issue is you don't understand. <laughs> okay. Because when we do that, we are actually offending him. It is no different than what happened in the garden. Adam and Eve was given a free will. And although they were walking and talking to God daily and all day, they let Satan lead them into temptation and disobedience. Now, we, we, we see that as a big deal, but we also, by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, have God to walk with us and talk with us all day. And yet we make decisions based on our flesh and our emotions. Okay? Yet their free will allowed them. They were given a free will. All the other creation that God gave did not have a free will. But he did give it to man. And with their free will and walking with God allowed them to say no. But instead they cho chose a way that was going to, to, going to build their ego. When Satan tempted them, they had the ability of having a free will to say no to Satan. But because they were being challenged, they let their ego make the decision. Okay, let's, now let's go over to Genesis chapter 2 and examine that. Because that's, that's one of the major problems with uh, mankind today. Um, Genesis 2, and we're going to read verses 7 through 9. I'm going to kind of skirt around a lot of these. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground 
and then breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's when he breathed in us, we took on his image. That's how we took on his image, okay? We were created from dirt, and then God gave us a substance and a being and a purpose and breathed in us, okay? It says, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, okay? The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. Did you see the distinction? He made trees that was good for food. And then he put one tree in, in the midst of it that was the tree of life. And the, and the tree of knowledge. Those trees was not about food. Ah, okay, I'm going to read it again. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. You hear how it says also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Those were trees of information not to consume. See, that's our problem. We want to eat up everything. Okay, now let's go over to verses 15. We're going to read verses 15 to 17. And it says, And the Lord God took the man, put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And that was to tend to, 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 tend to it and to cultivate it. Okay? So, all right, that means in order for them to always have food to eat, they had to work. He wasn't entitled. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eateth thereof thou shalt surely die. Amen. Amen. Okay, now let's go over to chapter 3 and read verses 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more subtle than any, than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Now remember, man was the only one that had a soul and a free will. Okay. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See how he changed the wording? Just a little bit where you could be deceived and not think. Okay? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Did God say anything about touching? Lest you die. You see what I'm saying? You cannot put stuff in his mouth. How you going to twist and turn the word around to fit your situation and say, God said. That was the problem at the very beginning. Okay? Now people take it and twist it around and it sounds good. And because it sounds good, you buy it. Okay? And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Okay? For God doeth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. Well, now that was a truth, that your eyes will open. It was no need for them to know the difference, because they didn't have to deal with any. But the moment they decided to eat of that tree, because their ego's like, you, what did I say at the very beginning? You want to be like somebody you already are. They were already like him. They just didn't have to do the battle between good and evil. And so to get to know more and, and, and to seem great and, and, you know, your ego starts messing with you. And so you start dabbing in some area you don't have no business being in. And you get more than what you bargained for. And that's what happened. Okay, God says because they were going to die. Why? He because not because he was going to kill them, but because 
You have put yourself in a position. Now you got to be always making some decisions. Uh, do I obey or do I not? When all you had to do was just receive all of the goodness. All, all, all of the pleasures, all of everything wonderful, and just mosey on talking to your Lord and Savior. Now you got to fight the battle between knowing what's good and what's evil. And, and, and then having enough strength and courage to stand against the evil, to reject it and, and deny it and not accept it when it's being put to you like it's good. Because it's not going to be blatant where you can automatically just know it's evil and wicked. It comes off uh, disguise and in a deceitful way that it appears to be good until you get it. And then you realize, oh, what have I gotten here? Because what, what was happening was that things was being suggested. Okay. And, and, and when things is being suggested, that pride pops in. Well, I have a right to make a decision. Amen. And you don't recognize that you're now operating in conditional obedience, which is the same as disobedience, okay? And so now it's a battle between what's pure and what's whole. When all you needed to do was just do what he told you to do in the first place. Don't worry about all of the little details. He got that covered while you're trying to use your intellect to figure out something that's going to harm you in the long run. Okay, get back to Thessalonians. I just wanted to give us the beginning, how this all happened and how we have fallen into it. Those, that's the original sin. And we, as, as, when I say man, I'm using it generically, okay? As, as men walk in that way today, we walk that course of the world, but we don't have to because Jesus says, I come where you don't have to walk that course. You walk my course. You don't have to go through the course of the world anymore. I've offered you another way out. How gracious is he that, first of all, created us in a perfect situation. We sin, mess up, then he sacrificed himself to redeem us from that mess and give us a way out, and we still don't take it. Okay, we're back into Thessalonians. So, okay, um, dealing with verse 9, John is speaking to believers when he says, but, uh, and indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonians, and we beseech you, brethren, that you're increased more and more. Okay, actually, he's talking to believers, period. But why I'm saying this is because we need to, we need to un understand that you can only have the Holy Spirit if you're saved. And he's letting them know you have the Holy Spirit that can guide you. This is why he's saying you don't need a teacher, per se, because you have the Holy Spirit to guide you, to teach you. And teachers all should be just reminding you of what you're getting when you're reading in private and when you're praying in private. We should be coming together with like minds and like, yeah, you, you know, you can, you can, that's, see, somebody was saying, oh, that, that, that was your daughter that was with you, Miss Glenn? Yes. Okay. And she was saying, I hope I didn't offend you when she was like, yeah, oh, you know, in, uh, in that uh, workshop. I said, thank you. Yeah. I look forward to that because then I know you're hearing and you're on the same page. I said, because it bothers me. I think I'm saying something and as quiet as a church mouse in there, it's like, wake up. But you can't receive what's unfamiliar and it's taking you a long time to even digest it. And thank God that you trust me enough to believe it, to receive it, so you could digest it. But read. Study. So without the spirit of the living God, we cannot walk in truth or in love. We cannot walk in truth or in love without the spirit of God. Newscast. You think because you're with the opposite sex, preferably, that you have fallen in love. And you know about love. You know about attraction. Couples are drawn to each other by the physical appearance. That's the thing that draws you. 
But what keeps you is a higher power. And that's only that you are providing that you yield to the Holy Spirit. You see, we are drawn by what we see. But faith is not by sight. Okay. So now that you've been drawn by your flesh and went and made it legal and you don't like what you have been drawn to, you think you got the right to cast it aside. No. No. You don't have that right. You should have been letting your spirit guide you rather than those experiences. Okay. Okay, so let me read my notes because I don't got off my notes. Okay. We, we are drawn by physical appearance. And what we have to do is let the higher power of God keep us and we yield to his Holy Spirit to stay together and to grow together. Otherwise, we live together. When we don't allow the Holy Spirit to be in this and running and ruling this, then we live together under one roof but divided, disrespected, and disrespecting, disloyal, and wounding each other. Why? Because we have not chosen to live in God's word and sacrifice their, our worldly affections for the Holy Spirit to put to death. The Holy Spirit puts these worldly affections to death when you yield yourself and will your members over to him. It doesn't just automatically happen, okay? Now, to, to, um, just like in the garden, Man's pride and his vanity and ego cause him to reject, that means despise, God and not fight to walk in his new divine nature in order to obey and, uh, uh, and over overcome his flesh. Okay? Now, to live with another human being takes work. Whether you're married or you're just related or maybe you're just good friends and, 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 you, and because of what draw you as good friends and the commonality between the two, you thought you can live together and you weren't gonna have any problems. Okay, you're delusional. We let flesh rule and expect God to understand. And even though Jesus by his flesh went to the cross, suffered and died for humanity to, ex to escape for us, for humanity to escape the power of sin and death, we choose sin because it turns you on. We are walking dead people. Okay, if you expect to find a perfect person that you can live with and be happy, not only are you delusional, but you're selfish and prideful. You are not and cannot be perfect. Did you know that? You are not and cannot be perfect. Do you feel greater than God? Because you see, he accepts us and our imperfection. He accepts our vile, wicked, evil, selfish ways. And the list can goes on, go on. But he says, come as you are, for I love you, and I will clean you up. But we were created in his image. So what did that mean? Humble yourself. Oh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the work of the Holy Spirit and effectual and fervent prayers, all things can and will be changed, All right. including you. You expect perfection, but you don't operate in perfection. How dare you make some demands that you can't fulfill yourself and not willing to work it out through the power of the Holy Ghost. 
making demands on others, but not making any on yourself. Start with self first. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, amen. Okay. Uh, I wanted to go to um, First John. I'm going. I'm kind of flip flopping right at this moment. First John two twenty seven. This is going to confirm the, the the verse that I read over in First um, Thessalonians when it, it when it, it it talked about you need nobody to uh, teach you. Okay, this is this scripture is is to confirm that. Okay, First John two verse twenty seven, right? It says, "But the anointing which you have received of Him abided in you." Now the anointing is the Holy Spirit. It's not like you got some special gift on you. You know, you, you exempt because you operate in a, in a different kind of power. The anointing is the Holy Spirit, okay? It says, but the anointing which you have received of him abided in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it have taught you, you shall abide in him. You have to abide in him as he abide in you. And then you can learn and, and grow in the things of who he is and what he says about us. Are y'all with me? Yes. It does not mean that now you go around with your haughty self talking about, can't nobody teach me nothing. I know it. That's not the point that he's making. The point that he's making is that the Holy Spirit should should be dwelling in you and you abiding in him. So whatever you get is not news. It is only confirmation to what's been revealed to you. Okay, okay, we go go back to our, our chapter, First Thessalonians. And uh, I think I'm going to climax it with um, uh, verses 11 and 12. And it says, and ye study to be quiet. Mm, okay. These two verses is really going to be something. <laughs> and, and, it, and when it says study to be quiet, it's saying, aspire to lead a quiet life. Aspire to lead a quiet life. And to do your business or mind your own business. <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> and to work with your own hands as we commanded you that you may walk honestly or mindfully towards them that are without that means that it's a property outside of us and that you may have that you may have lack of nothing okay now what is Paul talking about first of all he's making some some uh, clarifications of things and I'm going to read that first um, that he was talking to talking to the church because let me see where is that verse at uh, because of something you know how believers hear, hear something and then they be, have problems with it concerning another believer so that's why he was talking about mind your own business. He also talks about work and all of that. So help me, Holy Ghost, to try to break this stuff down. First of all, he, he's saying uh, to um, learn how to aspire to lead a quiet and peaceable life as a believer. Okay? Would you do this through the Holy Spirit? And stick to your own business because as far as what somebody else is doing, when it's time and if you're to be a part of it, God is going to reveal it to you. Okay. All right. And, and to work with your own hands. Well, because, oh, I know what happened. Some naysayer had come up and gave, given them the impression that God, Jesus was coming back right away so they quit their jobs. Well, if Jesus is coming back anyway, he's coming for you. He want to get you out of the field. Means he want to get you while you're working, not while you're sitting at home waiting for him to come. Okay? So he's telling them um, that, you, that you're going to have to work. And don't, don't be stealing and sponging off of others. Work. Don't be sponging off the government. Stimulus. 
thinking that, well, they owe this to me. Really? The government have because of the system of taxes. That means they tax everything. And if you ain't working, they can't tax. Okay? And, and so they tax our work, our production, whatever. That's called the economy. And as long as you are taking out but never putting anything in, it's going to be depleted. And that means there's a breakdown in the economy. So stop thinking that, oh, I, 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 oh, the government got more money than I do. What do that mean? So you're going to pimp the government until death do you part? Well, I want you to tell me how that's going to work when you meet Jesus as your judge. And he's going to ask, did you work? How'd you make it? Because he's not going to be raining nothing down from heaven on you behind. Because you refused to be productive and do what is expected out of you as a human being. We want him to shower blessings and, and stuff on us, but we don't want to do what we're supposed to do. He made us, did you remember in Genesis what I read? And he says he created man to work to the, the ground. He didn't create us to sit back and receive every, all the time. It's a time for everything. It also reminds us, do not stir up conflict. Live peacefully, even in the midst of trials. Now, people think that you can't because I'm in a trial, so it's normal and it's expected for me to fret, worry, be anxious, and almost pass out. You know, we really do feel that we're, well, that's how we're supposed to do and get upset if somebody tell you, you, you know, you need to calm Well, how do you expect for me to calm down? Do you realize? But let me tell you, God promised us to give us peace in the, mil in the midst of the storm. Amen. And he's the only one that can do it. And, but when you cry out and call, uh, call on him, he will do that. And while you're in that thing, you will be peaceful to the point that you don't even understand. Amen. Try it. Amen. It works. And that's how he wants us believers to walk. We cannot walk in holiness and be a troublemaker and operate in fear and anxiety. Because those outside of the church should see us as believers with integrity who, who lives uh, in, in, in this world without worrying about can you be inspected because you're co covering and hiding stuff. You got stuff on the cover. Let me tell you, when you live right, you live, it doesn't matter. When you live right, you don't have to be informed a week or two weeks ahead of time that somebody's coming to your house because you can't open the door to let them in because they're going to see that other side of you. Ah, uh-huh, it's real quiet on that one, okay. That you act one way, but when you're in a, out with you know, some other people, you act totally different than the way you act when you're around church folks, okay? No, we need to be the same. That means that I need to have character, high standards. It doesn't matter if I'm alone. Amen. Nobody should be able to have anything to count against me because I've been exposed. If an inspection comes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to live outside of who I'm supposed to be, which now will affect unbelievers from receiving my Lord and Savior because he sees me as an imposter. And, and my actions outside of that blaspheming God and his holiness. And then they're questioning my true devotion. See, let me tell you, if I was an unbeliever with some believers, you would never get me to come up into church making no commitment. Why should I commit to live res with some restraints to live like you live 
like hell when I can do it and have fun. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I can't see the difference, and I don't mean like a little, little shining difference that happens at certain times. I mean, I see this walking with you no matter what. It's the same. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is worth being involved in, giving up all that stuff. Because look how happy, how joyful they are. Look how God is blessing them. God will prosper you when you are out. I, I know this. God will bless you. You don't even know a blessing is coming and it just pops up in the grocery store. Unannounced. He would provide for you. He would take care of you when you walk upright. And trust him and believe in him. You don't have to always see it. I know that for a fact. Because <laughs> most of the stuff I get, I don't see it. It comes and he takes care of me. But I don't know it in advance. Yes. I sit back and wonder. My Lord. And thank him and bless him. Because I know it's because of him that I can live the way I live based on the natural things that is there. We have to learn as believers to trust him because the world can't see who he is if we're not demonstrating it by our lifestyle. Amen. And we cannot walk in God's holiness and, and be troublemakers. We're to walk peacefully even in the midst of a trial, it can be done in the power of the Holy Ghost. What you need to do, try him, surrender, and practice. Because whatever you deposit is what's coming out. Whether it, you're depositing stuff through your eye gate, your ear gate, it's going to come out your mouth gate. What you've just put in, whatever we eat and consume comes out in our body. The problems that we're having, physical, is the result of what we have digested. Can't, we can't blame anybody else for that. Mrs. Glenn is the poster child for how you live take care of your body as well as your spirit and you will live a long satisfied life and not look like it's been long Amen. and there's a and 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 the, and the other thing i know i'm not around her as much as her posse is but uh, I, I i never hear her complaining or talking about ills and woes and Stuff so I don't even know if she has any pains or discomforts because I've never heard it come out of her mouth. Okay, T stand up, Miss Glenn, because they ne we need to see a walking testimony. Come up front so they can see. I want to show you off. Wait a minute, did y'all see that walk? And they ain't put on. It's natural. Amen. Tell them how old you are. I'm 19. You see what I'm talking about? That's God and also making good decisions. Don't just trust it and lean on God. You got to make right decisions about what you put in. Because it's coming out. And when it comes out in the body, it comes out in sickness, disease. Yes. yes. Do your little walk. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to do the benediction, but then we do have, um, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's been a good day. Thank you, Father. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And when you leave, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.